0: Welcome to 9308, the podcast. Mason, Mike Woolley, Frank Ocean's blonde. Happy birthday, Mike Woolley. Let's get straight into it. Time, it's a little different. We are, uh, we're doing this remotely for the first time, so hopefully, this goes through smoothly. Mike, what's up, man?
1: Uh, it's uh, it's an interesting time for me right now. I'm, I'm in a new city, I'm going to a new school that I started today, so it's uh, going through a lot of changes right now, but but I'm doing good, I'm doing really well.
0: Dope, man, congrats! It's um, I think it's like it's interesting timing because as you just moved, I just bought a house. Oh, so yeah, I'm now in, in the new podcast studio making some changes too. I've gone from living by myself to having roommates. So yeah, um, same. I'm I'm
1: living, I'm living in a house with three other people and it's definitely an adjustment. All really cool people though. So it's all good vibes.
0: Awesome. I think it's, it's uh, interesting that this album just came out at, um, at this time of our lives. Like it's like something we both had dramatic (laughs) changes. And then Frank was like, Hey, y'all been waiting long enough. Let me just go ahead and put this out. Yep. So obviously we're here today to talk about blonde. Yes. Um, this is a, it's, it's a big day. I feel like this is what our podcasts have been leading up to, is just <laughs> we, us we, talking we, about this album.
1: We, we've been kind of staying away from the frank topic to not to uh, not to lead into it too much, I've noticed.
0: <laughs> it is, it and you know, man, I have a lot of thoughts about this album, and I know you do too, so let's just start, man. What is your, your very first impression?
1: Well... I think to really understand how I feel about this album, I gotta give a little bit of background information. Go Um, right ahead. When I first heard Channel Orange, uh, it came out during the summertime, as did Blonde. At the time, I had just graduated high school, because it came out in 2012, I think July, which is like a month after I graduated high school. Um, I just graduated high school. I was in a relationship with a girl, you know, I was having the time of my life, being young, and, you know going through a lot of changes uh, within myself, you know, like questioning religion and a lot of different things. So when I heard Channel Orange, it was like it was like perfection to me. It was exactly it was like someone had distilled my young experience at 18, 19 years old and and filtered it through Frank Ocean's voice. And so it's really special to me. And, and Frank Ocean has always been a special artist to me because of that. Um, can I
0: <clears throat> stop you for real quick. Did you have that in your top five when we did our top five albums since 2012? Mm, 2011?
1: I don't think I did. And the reason I didn't is because I was intentionally not listening to Frank at that time because right. I didn't want to wear out the memory of listening to Channel Orange if that makes any sense. Because gotcha. it had literally been four years since Frank had re- had produced any kind of notable work. So when you listen, no matter how good an album is, you know, when you listen to it over and 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 over again, sooner or later it's going to run out. Yeah. Sooner or later it wears wears itself thin. Um, For me, that was my number one of the last five years. And and I would agree with you. It just kind of wasn't on my mind at the time. So I guess I wasn't really thinking about it. And it's funny you mentioned that. Um, Actually, there's something I would have to say about how Blonde makes me feel that's relevant to that. But anyways, so... Uh, Hold off on blonde.
0: Let's let's get these backstories out of the way.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um so Channel Orange is really special to me. And so when (laughs) when four years goes by, you know, a lot changes. And and you go through a lot of things in life. I mean it's impossible not to have a myriad of new experiences happen between between when I graduated high school and and now uh, today you know being at a university and living in a new city and being on my own so it's kind of like it's almost like I've been experiencing my life and I've been waiting for the soundtrack to kind of keep in the
0: background if that makes any sense it makes a lot of sense and i'll I'll be right there with you because obviously we we graduated together yep so i i actually i made the fucked up mistake of moving in with the girl i was dating like right as i graduated (laughs) and um that obviously didn't go too well and um that album was the one thing that really kept me through it because i was i felt really trapped in the situation and that album was just so real to me and that album and it's so weird man And we're gonna get into this but what i think channel orange it really spoke about like when frank was speaking it was from a very um was from a perspective of, of now. It was looking at the moment and commenting on the current moment that's happening. That's most songs on Channel Orange, from Thinking About You to Sweet Life to Super Rich Kids, which is kind of a little bit different. That was kind of a strange song to put in there. But Pink Matter, all these songs are really talking about his emotions from that time period as if he's experiencing them at the moment. And what we'll get into on, on Blonde is a little different. But that was a very, it was there for me too, the same way. And I, I think we talked about it when we did that other podcast was that, You know, that was an album I literally listened to like every morning when I first moved out on my own, you know, live with my good friend Zane, and we we would listen to that every day. So I have really, really special place in my heart for that album, a real special place in my heart for that album. Okay,
1: yeah, I can understand that.
0: So, and one other thing is, so much has changed in music since then as as much as we've changed, you know, that album had a traditional rollout that had, um, you know, pyramids as a single and I had sweet life as a single and had a release date and dropped yep. as where, as we talked on our first podcast, I believe about the album cycle and how, I mean, Frank really said, fuck the album cycle more than anybody ever. <laughs> Frank I mean, he, Frank has done a
1: lot of unique things with this album rollout.
0: <laughs> I mean, and he, he did it in a way that's so it wasn't a surprise album. I mean, and then he came out hard. Like when you do what Frank did, when like taking four years off is one thing, but to, to kind of had this hype start to build for a little over a year and then to put out the visual album and then put out the magazine and put out the album. Like he had a lot of expectations coming in. Like this album had to be pretty much perfect or people would be pissed. Oh, and, definitely. And I think the good thing about that is had, had he come out with any album a year or two after Channel Orange, I don't think he would have had the time to make something great. So I do think and that also the four years was you, perfect.
1: And also you can tell that in his new work he's a very different and changed and in my opinion a much more inspired person and so yes. you I think the time has really helped Frank transcend from someone with a beautiful voice and good lyricism to a storyteller and a, and a true artist and so and it and oh man this
0: album is so good <laughs> it, it is man um oh, you know one man. last thing is one last thing I'll say is is looking back on channel Oranges, there was a lot of like attempted storytelling with like crack rock and lost and monks where he's commenting on other things. He's commenting on things that he sees. And those are all all kind of, I don't want to say sporadic, but they're not
1: really, um, there's no central theme. If that makes any sense, like the the central theme, the central theme to me for channel orange was just a summertime in Southern California. That that's how, that's what I envisioned it as.
0: And it was very dark moments too yeah definitely very dark moments throughout it so um let's kind of i guess let's let's go ahead and dive in man um do you want to do you want to kind of go over the rollout
1: of the album and, and how frank chose to reveal uh all of this I,
0: I think one i think we're about to go so deep on this album that's gonna take a while and well, i mean it's pretty
1: quick little something something
0: yeah i mean it's been well documented so yeah i mean go ahead and you go ahead and spit what you want to
1: so I'll keep this short and sweet, but just enough so that people know how, how much of a shock this was when, when Frank finally came back into the limelight. Uh, Frank Ocean is a legendarily reclusive person when he's producing music. And so we haven't really heard a whole lot from him over the past few years. So imagine imagine a, a Frank Ocean superfan's shock when one day at like 2 a.m. on a Sunday, I get a notification that says uh, hey this this video popped up on Frank Ocean's website and I'm like "Huh, what the hell and I, and I go to his website I had like a test the next morning but I was like hmm what's all this about and so I opened up my phone and there's just like this video player on Frank Ocean's website and it turns out it's a live stream and to make a, <laughs> a very long story short the live stream was pre-recorded video of Frank assembling a staircase um, over a period of days, and actually, the artists that help uh, helped Frank produce the whole thing, Tom Sachs. I don't know if you heard about this. Tom said about this there is a 140-hour version of him assembling the staircase that exists in the world. Then, just so you know, Mason, that's 5.9 days worth of video footage. Um, that's wild. Anyways, so Frank comes out of nowhere and starts doing carpentry and confuses the fuck out of every single one of his fans. <laughs> and right. um, a little bit later in the stream, there are instrumentals that start playing in the background and suddenly it becomes really clear, you know, what's happening. This, this is his album rollout. This is like him metaphorically creating the album, you know, right before our eyes. And, uh, and then once he finished the stream, uh, a visual
0: album titled endless was released, uh, through Apple Music exclusively, um, and let's real quick let's, let's speak on endless for a second. Yeah. I only gave it two listens. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that it is a visual album, I it's hard for me to like listen to it and comprehend it because I Definitely. like to see when a song ends so I can like take a moment and like take that song in. Yeah. So I really can't speak on that album until i actually get it in like mp3 cut form yeah um but i do absolutely love the cover he did of alia's at your best your love Mm. to open it oh man it's absolutely gorgeous it's so Um, it's so
1: uh you there's someone that he's singing about in that i think and uh and it's just beautiful you you, when when frank no pun intended when he channels uh his emotions uh it's it's really something special
0: it is, and you know that um, the, for me, like the whole rollout, it was cool. Um, I was just waiting on you to text me and tell me it came out. I was like, <laughs> look, I can't sit here and watch it because I'll just like go crazy.
1: Yeah, and I did go but crazy. Yeah, it was
0: just so you know, it it was an interesting <laughs> rollout. Finally, after it came out, um, you know, the endless came out. He dropped the album kind of out of the blue, like midday on Saturday. Yep. Um, oh, and, and I and,
1: and I had just left my girlfriend's house. And I live about 20 minutes away from my girlfriend's house and I got the oh, notification. She's in Orlando too? Oh yeah. She, she lives like, like 15 minutes away from me. It's dope. Oh man. Look at that. No
0: long distance. Good for yeah, you guys. Yeah, It's, it's uh, amazing <laughs>
1: actually. Um, so anyways, I, I just left my girlfriend's house. I just dropped her off at her house and I got the notification that, uh, that his album had dropped and, Mason, I shit you not, literally the first thing I did was call you, and you were at the Jaguars game, and I was like, yo. I was. Yo, the album dropped. The album dropped, man. It's no joke. It's no bullshit. It's funny.
0: It's usually we either text or, or you know you hit me on the facebook messenger i don't know why you don't just text but <laughs> there was that one day you called me about something and like you called me and i was like oh she's like this is like the bat phone like if michael Woolley's calling there's something going down so i picked i was like <laughs> dude did the album drop you were like nah nah i was like fuck so then like you called me i was at the jag game i was pretty drunk and like i just pick up i was like mike <laughs> did the album drop I'm i'm assuming you say something else and you're like yeah dude it dropped i was like fuck like oh do,
1: man. man and so anyways the moral of the story is that i turned a 15 minute drive back to my house
0: into a 45 Two. minute drive <laughs> in order to listen to this album oh i thought you were gonna go home quickly well let's get into it man let's get straight into it um, oh the album is so called blonde and it is a classic I, it's look i i want to avoid recency bias to an extent yeah um definitely. so i'm going to speak on it that this and I, and I put this i did post this that this is one of the most Enjoyable first listens I've ever had of anything. And I'm usually a person who overhypes things in my head like ahead of time. So I'm usually very disappointed by the first listen of anything I listen to.
1: Especially with an artist that I'm really into personally. And when there's a lot of hype around the album, I I can kind of, you know, go a little bit overboard with my first few listens. But, uh,
0: and I was, I was very worried going into it. So when I heard it, dude, and it it was one of the most enjoyable things. And let's kind of, give me your first thoughts what i want to do is what i want to kind of how i want to roll this out is i want to talk about what i see as far as themes go different Mm -hmm. themes throughout the album how i appreciate that and then how how pretty much makes me feel um so kind of hit 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 me with your your first thought
1: well i remember the first actual peak we heard into this album was when he released the nikes video um which is just a stellar amazing video um Mm it's 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 the video kind of reminds me of a cross between prince and david bowie just super (laughs) just super like out there and breaking down borders like for example at the beginning of the nikes video you see like what appears to be like a stripper dancing and in the next frame Mm -hmm. you see that it's a man and like (laughs) that is totally frank trying to defy like the predetermined definition of beauty and attractiveness you know what i mean and and stuff like that is just just spread throughout this album really challenging the user and so when i heard nike's for the first time and it had like it's so funny because we had been waiting four years to hear a new frank ocean song and we had been waiting to hear his voice on a track and what is the first thing we hear a fucking pitch modulated like high-pitched frank ocean doesn't sound and how dope was it oh it's amazing it was so good he does it a couple
0: times throughout the album and it's it's like perfect oh yeah definitely
1: Um, no 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 complaints about it it was just kind of
0: a it was almost like him messing with us a little bit and when his vocals finally come in at the end and he has he does a little bit of a rap in it a um, little bit of a rap (laughs) he he fucking he he he, he does it hot at the end of that song and he's got the rain glitter like which is just dope and then he finally hits like my favorite part of that song where he's like um i'm not older but i'll watch over you Uh, we're not in love but i'll make love to you oh man Uh, oh what's the and then like you're 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 not not here but i'll save some for you yo like Uh, so that kind of gets me the theme one theme that i want to touch on in this album tell me if you felt the same thing so i get this man there's so many different things that i want to say about it um The theme that I, I notice a lot is he speaks on relationships in a different way. Now, real quick, I want to touch back to Nostalgia Ultra. This album is very nostalgic. Every song has a very nostalgic vibe. Did you oh, get yeah. that?
1: Um, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because I remember the first, the first time I listened to this song, the, the thought that I immediately had in my head is that I'm always going to think about the feeling of hearing it for the first time. Like exactly this it's like it's like one of those moments that you're always gonna think back on and go wow Like this is really special and like I'm alive during this like I got to experience this (laughs) and like a lot of other people are gonna experience it too and they're gonna love it too and It was just a really it was a really cool moment when I really first heard the album And I listened to it all the way through and I, I just I just like sat back and like I remember I had I had gotten home from taking my girlfriend home and I just like sat in my driveway and listened to the the last track and I just like just sat there with my car running, like, really processing what had just happened. You know, I had just right. listened to a Frank Ocean album for the first time in four years. I, I was, like, I was over the moon, man. I can't even describe it.
0: But, so, um, Nikes is one of the few songs that kind of talks in the moment. Um, yeah. But when he, when he does talk in the moment, it's still with the, this kind of, like, nostalgic vibe to the sense where it's, like, it's he has this feeling where he knows whatever moment it is, how great it is there'll probably never be anything like it again. And it's usually in, in relation to a woman or, you know, whoever he's has feelings for, it's like, this is a great moment that we're experiencing right now. Mm -hmm. And it may not happen again. This may, we may never see each other again. This may not work. We may hate each other one day, but let's remember this moment and appreciate it for what it is and not let the future fucked up shit that's going to happen ruin this moment. And that's, that ends up being a very common theme throughout the songs that are told in the present. And I really, really appreciate that. Like it's so like one, one of my, I've written like, I've typed up a lot of stuff about this album, like little quotes. And one of them is that like, this album has made me, has taken emotions that I know that I felt before, but never actually realized I felt and like never put into words. And he's actually put words into them. Like he's created this emotion that I'm like, wow, I remember feeling this way when I was 15, 16 years old, but I never actually put it into words. So that makes sense?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing that's really special about this album, in my opinion, when it comes to making us feel and think a certain way is, this might sound strange, but I feel like I've heard this album before. Like the first time that I heard it, it's like, it's like he's taking the feeling of looking back and and reminiscing, but also living in the moment and, and just making it a sound and, and making it a, a general, I don't want to say aesthetic because it's a really overused word but aesthetic is a good description just the general aesthetic of the album so the first time i heard it all, all i could do was just think about like memories that i've experienced you know and like things that i right. that i've gone through throughout my life like breakups and and when i met my current girlfriend now like we've been dating for a couple of years and like i kind of thought about you know listening to this album kind of reminded me of like how i felt when i first met her you know it was really special and i knew it was special and so when i when i heard just how absolutely beautiful this album was, it, it kind of, it reminded me that, you know, there's, a, I don't know, it's really special. Sometimes, sometimes well, it's hard for me to describe <laughs> exactly like how I feel about it, but
0: I just, it's amazing. Well, I'll put a similar feeling. It's, and it, and it actually made me think back to every relationship I've ever been in. The ones that that ended poorly, that I had fun in, that I hated. And even the ones that I hated with people I may not talk to at this point, you know, girls that I dated that I'm not, even remotely close to it made me think back to like the best moments I had in those relationships and appreciate them. And that is like something that's, I just, you can't, you can't put it into words, man, but that's the kind of nostalgia that I got from it. And that's a big vibe throughout it. Another big, another big theme is, there's two other themes that kind of go hand in hand. There's the one that summer is ending, and as the older you get, summer becomes less of a thing. Um, it becomes less of a, of a time and just more of just the everyday. And looking back on summer and remembering it from the perspective of that teenager who was just living life, you know, fucking for the first time, and you know maybe working for the first time and appreciating it, and like has this ambition. It's looking back at it, and it's just it's dope, man. Like yeah, I really yeah, absolutely like my favorite song in the album, which is, it's kind of changed after a few listens. Um, and it's, it's really, it's a tie between these two songs that are back to back, but they had, they both really heavily dive into that theme. That's skyline two and self-control. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely like those <laughs> those songs, man, like they just, they get you and they're The perfect song to listen to on a summer night. They really my, are. My The two for me are self-control and solo. Solo's dope, man. I do like it. Um, it's, it's really, not Solo okay. is a song
1: that i think is really cool in in context because mm-hmm. solo has that um that little skit right before it where yes yeah. someone's mom i don't know if it's frank's mom because i don't that doesn't sound like frank's mom um i
0: thought it was the same one from the beginning of um super rich
1: kids you it might be like right the about woman. that you might be right about that but it's it's some woman like warning like a some kid going away to college, you know, don't do drugs. Don't, don't drink, don't do cocaine and marijuana. Like these, these turn people into bad people, Mm -hmm. this and that, and this and that. And then immediately when solo starts, it's a line about Frank dancing somewhere tripping on acid. And it was just the coolest little like change. And Mm -hmm. so I really like that song when I hear it on the album, because it's kind of a, he's kind of like intentionally putting a juxtaposition it's kind of like, hey, this is what people are telling you the world is, and and this is how it actually
0: is, kind of, kind of one after the other. Yeah, and I think you know, kind of something a little bit separate. If you recall, you know, when there are these like memes and different quotes about Drake music, and it's like, listen to Drake will have you calling your ex, yada yada yada, which I never, <laughs> I never, I never really understood, but I kind of do now, in more of a negative way, like I hear those quotes as like. So you listen to that music and it makes you miss that person is where I think this album has made me when I hear songs like this, like it makes me think of people I've been with before, but not miss them and want to call them, but p- appreciate them.
1: Yeah, definitely. Being, a- being able to look back and, and, and remember something as it was, maybe not through rosy colored eyes or through a negative opinion, just remembering it as it was and being able to kind of appreciate, appreciate that you have that memory and that you have that moment with that person. That no one else has, you know, and I, and that's something that this album consistently makes me do and not just with relationships, you know with anything with anything, you know, like, I guess relationship could technically still be the word, you know, like, like, the relationship I've had with my mother has been pretty, pretty up and down throughout my life. And this album just kind of, it's, it's really funny, because I'm moving away to a new city. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to a new school and I'm kind of like pretty much all of my family lives in Jacksonville and the surrounding areas. And so Blonde, it's like the end of summer. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like summer's coming to an end. We're moving into fall. You know, we're putting things behind us and we're kind of in this moment in between two, in between two moments. And it's funny because that's like kind of exactly what I'm experiencing. You know, like it is, I just said um, goodbye to a lot of like my friends and family and stuff like that. And then this album comes out and it just so powerfully embodies the experience that I'm going through. And that's, that's something that I keep coming back to every time I listen to it.
0: Say, and let me put it this way. Like, I I really feel like this album is, imagine, you know, it's, it's the last Saturday night of summer and you've spent the summer with somebody, with with some girl who you may not see again. And you've just had sex for the first time and it's 4 a.m., y'all are just laying down looking at the stars knowing that you're probably not going to see each other again and everything that you know your summer has built up to has now really just come to an end but it's not from a sense of like dread just like damn like this was amazing we have to appreciate it we have to to know it for you know remember it for what it is absolutely and and it's it's so good man like <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, just I think so it's so it's so funny because you and,
1: you and i have really objectively like torn apart albums not not torn apart that's not what i mean what i mean is like dissected a sound and a a vision of an album and it's really hard to really specifically identify you know things about this album like i can't point to one thing and go ah this is what makes it special or this is what makes it special it's the entire work it's all of it all together because there are some songs that like don't even have drum beats Like it's just a, it's just like maybe a slow guitar riff in the background and it's Frank singing and it's kind of from musically, it's, it's more progressive than his work. So it kind of makes you think as you're listening to it. And so when I listen to the album, I can't think about one song that makes me feel one particular way. I, I kind of just think about the whole thing as one body of work.
0: Well, let me, let me take that and say, I think what makes it so special is the fact that our review has been about how this album makes us feel and the emotions that it's brought out as opposed to the production, the vocals, and the lyrics. I think that's that in itself is what makes the album so special. And,
1: and it's funny you mention that because the production, vocals, and lyrics are all like <laughs> like solid 10 out of 10. Amazing, um, yes. The, the production on this album is, is just actually, in my opinion, it is actually perfect. Like, I'm not joking when I say that. I'm not exaggerating. Um, a couple of notable people on this album uh omaz keith uh a producer named melee uh michael uzawuru Um, all of those people are, are names that i've personally heard before they've worked with um other singers and other members of odd future um and they're just super talented people and they've really made their mark on this album and it's just absolutely gorgeous and you know funny um funny thing the hold on i'm trying to i'm trying to remember the song title real quick give me like two seconds
0: yeah, and i have something to say about the features too or the the work on it as well ah, done.
1: uh skyline 2 um was actually produced by the, the
0: creator and kendrick's on it kendrick's on skyline 2 yes he's got background vocals and this is what i want to get to with the features
1: what i didn't know that frank,
0: frank ocean has beyonce and kendrick lamar on his album and they're not listed as features they literally just provide background vocals beyonce does background vocals on pink and white
1: Oh, I did know that. I did know that
0: she does background vocals on Pink and White. I didn't know Kendrick was on Skyline too. What? So Frank Ocean literally takes probably the the biggest rap star, um, you know, give or take Kanye, the biggest rap star in music right now, and the biggest pop artist, probably, you know, arguably of like the decade. And he puts them both on his album. And not only does he not list them as features, they literally just provide background vocals, and they're okay with that. So that is another thing It just speaks on how good the shit is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, I did not know that. That's so. That's gonna really change my opinion of Skyline too. I think. And I didn't. I didn't know that Tyler produced that. That's really interesting yeah, too, because he's. And you know what's funny, is now that you know that, it's gonna be really obvious that he did the next time you listen to it. When I found out that he produced it, and like I re-listened to it, the the drum pattern in the background, the whimsical synthesizers, it's all Tyler the Creator. It's very Tyler the Creator, and not in a bad way. Like Tyler, I
0: I think Tyler the Creator has a really good production ability. So I, I, don't, he, I don't think it's he a bad does. thing that he did it at all. Um, my favorite line on the entire album is in that song. And uh, I think because that one and self-control are just both so perfect. But um, mm. the line where he says, summers are getting shorter. Uh, every day counts like crazy, pretty much. Yeah, And um, that's just that's enough. That line in itself, I believe, really speaks for the entire album. Yep. So, yep. you know, one and- thing I text. Oh, go ahead.
1: Uh, I was just going to say, one thing that's really kind of interesting about this album is that it's really good at first. Like, it was, I was super impressed with it the first time I listened to it. But it kind of, it kind of grows on you over time. Like, there are some things in this song, or in this album, sorry, that aren't, like, immediately like loves if that makes any sense like mm-hmm. like i mentioned earlier how there isn't always a distinct rhythm and pattern in the background of the song like it's mostly just frank's mm-hmm. vocals and that's something that like if you're used to listening to modern r&b and and hip hop you know you kind of expect the rhythm of the song to kind of keep moving it along and pushing it along whereas a lot of songs on this album it totally doesn't now don't get me wrong they're There's a fair share of this album that has, you know, really clear and defined rhythm and drums and things like that, that give the album, they give songs really specific pace and, and, and movement. But a lot of this album is driven by Frank's vocals. And that's, that's not exactly new for him, but he's doing it a lot more on this album. And you could tell he's a lot more confident in his voice because it just leads you uh, down roads emotionally. Whereas he doesn't really need the music to do that. He can tell you a story with his vocals and it sounds beautiful every time.
0: Yeah, I mean he's it's hard for me to even lock him into R&B because his sound is just as you said the production is, is perfect look it's not that it's like amazing out of this world next level like instrumentals it's more the fact that it's just they've crafted like pretty much perfect songs and that the yeah, production exactly that's vocals what I mean are, are when I say it's so perfect. well together yeah like, it's
1: because it's it's just there's no song that doesn't sound like it's not finished. And like it, none of it sounds half-assed. None of it sounds unthoughtful. Like there's so many subtleties in the backgrounds. Like I mentioned Skyline too, the really, you know, kind of soft drum pattern in the background. That's almost not there with the, with the really high pitched synthesizers. Like they just paint a picture and it's just, it's just beautiful. It all, it all goes together really well.
0: It really does. Um, what was it? Where was I going with this? Um, <laughs> it's Shit. easy to get lost in, lost in thought yeah it is i might have to edit this out for a second okay. but the the song that sticks out to me is pink and white um and it's it's not again that's not my number one song in the album though it, it is up there pink and white dude. it's like the production on it is so just dreamy and he's talking about the girl who showed him how to fall in love and how like from that point it's all like it's pretty much he's fucked yeah, You know, the the vibe I get from that is, like, you taught me how to love, and now that this isn't happening, like, I'm always going to be looking for this love that I may never get.
1: Oh, man. That's so... That's so... I don't want to sound cliche and say that's so deep, but it, it, like, really is. Like, that's, like, a universal human experience. You know what I mean? But it just takes on new meaning when you hear it through the filter of this gorgeous track that he's laid out
0: in front of us in in pink and white. Um did you interpret oh, that track the same way where he's pretty much saying that you've shown me that the sky is pink and white and probably nobody else is ever going to see the sky is pink and white. So, like, yeah, I'm fucked. Yeah, like he, like he
1: has been shown something that he didn't realize was there, I guess. And now he's, yeah. even if he doesn't, he's not going to see that ever again. And he's always just going to be thinking about, you know, what it was like when he saw it and experienced it for the first time and how no other person or thing
0: is ever going to create that for him again. <laughs> there's just i don't have enough good words for it and like, the this other is... thing
1: that's really that's really kind of unique about this album and i feel this way like i feel about to pimp a butterfly which i know mm-hmm. you're not the biggest fan of um it's kind of open for interpretation in some ways or not in some ways and in, in, in a lot of ways um i feel like a lot of different people with different backgrounds and things like that are going to be able to draw different meaning and different um and different uh what's the word I'm searching for, different interpretations of different songs and and things on this album. So it's really kind of special in that respect. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't directly tell you what it's saying. It doesn't directly give you a message. It doesn't say, I feel this, this is how it is, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's one or two lines where it does. But like, it kind of leaves you thinking about the words that he's said, and the sounds that were created, and kind of kind of almost pushes you to place your own experiences when you're in your head when you're thinking about you know these songs and the meaning behind them and I think that's really it's really unique in in today's uh, music industry because you know so many artists fall on stereotypical production methods and lyric writing uh, processes to to generate just really overly generic sounding stuff and so when i hear something like this that really is going to make so many different people feel so many different things. That's really special and unique.
0: I, I agree. And as far as, you know, if you look at R&B for me, there's only been two good R&B projects this year. And that was a uh, Galant's ology and divisions September 5th. Yeah. And they just, they don't even like come even that nearly. Close and I'm, to this I'm album. not
1: even going to begin to mention uh party next door's recent uh, <laughs> flop. We'll, we'll leave that as it is. I'm really passionate about
0: how bad that album is. Um, but as much <laughs> as I, and just to look at albums this year, um, you know, obviously we both love Life of Pablo. Yeah. Um, very, very good album, very good piece of work. I don't think we ever came out and said phenomenal, amazing, classic Kanye, um, chances album who, you know, I, it took me a little bit to get on, on board with it as you know, you were on it. I said, that album is a hip hop masterpiece but it is just that it is a hip-hop masterpiece in my opinion it's not um, a masterpiece exactly I look at I know exactly I look what you mean. at right And views which I enjoyed views quite a bit more than most people I think you know views is, is a lot of fun still you know four months in um, that's just a fun album to listen to that's I'm to describe it this album in itself is a is a beautiful piece of art yeah. I mean it is something that I will you know put on the wall with very few albums you know what I mean like yeah
1: absolutely <laughs> I I know exactly what you mean and if this album ever gets pressed into a vinyl um i'm buying it (laughs) frank ocean if you somehow stumble upon this podcast please 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 produce this as a vinyl i will buy the shit out of it as a vinyl i i actually meant i want the magazine because you know that the magazine has like the cd in it yep okay so you know what's really interesting um there's three different covers for the magazines um i forget exactly what's on the cover but there's three different covers of the magazine and i think that In I think the internal stuff in the magazine I think it's all the same between the different versions but anyways Frank releases this magazine at like four locations worldwide at literally what are newsstands that he adopted as pop-up shops which is just an incredible thing to do first of all and second of all did you know he was giving those out for free? I did not all the magazines were free you could just walk up and grab one yeah he literally (laughs) gave out 300 copies of his album for free Jesus And that, the thing that's really interesting is inside of the magazine, there's a track list for the album in, in each copy of the magazine. I don't know if you've heard about this. There are two versions of the magazine that have different track lists, like songs that are not on the Apple Music version of the album, which leads me to believe that there are actually alternate versions of the album that exist in the world. Which which I, I find really interesting and I, I want to dig more into it. I haven't heard any more other than that there are different track lists and different magazines and they're not like enormously different. They
0: mostly share the same songs, but there's like two or three. A few, yeah, yeah, a few I did, that are different. I did see that. Um, I do want to say this now that I think this album is is the closest thing to perfect. Like even on Channel Orange, there are a couple songs I would skip. There's only I think maybe one or two on this album that I yeah, that I don't love. I agree. Um, there's
1: there's it's a really short list.
0: Frank could never drop anything again, and I, I at this point would not be mad because I feel like Channel Orange, he like he dropped a, a masterpiece, almost like, but it, it it also left you with like a little bit of wanting more and a little bit of promise, where this album has satisfied everything that I want, and also let's keep in mind that he just did this and he pretty much gave us two albums, maybe two and a half if we well, look at the versions. Yeah, there's there's sixteen probably-
1: tracks. I think there's 16 tracks on Endless, 16 unique right. tracks. Not all of them are like vocal tracks on like a traditional song, but there's 16 tracks on Endless and then there's 17 on uh, on Blonde. So in a weekend, Frank gave us like 35 new songs. So I think he's just going to go live in a cave for the rest of his life and never be in the public eye again. Like I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to hear from him for quite
0: some time. I'm completely okay with it because this album has just i don't have a complaint about it like it is honestly just i don't need that i want to hear
1: there's a couple songs that aren't as good as others and i skip them there's only like two honestly but uh other than that like I'll listen to this album forever. <laughs> like, honestly, this will be like a, this will be like the annoying album that I listen to all the time. Like if I ever have kids that I just put on in the car all the time and they're like, "Uh, not this again. And I'm gonna be like, shut up. This is good music. Like that's, that's going to be me to my kids. <laughs> and it's going to be
0: hilarious. I'm already like looking forward to that moment. Uh, just a real quick. Let's, um, I mean, I feel like we've, we've gone pretty good into this. I think we've spoken on it pretty diligently. Mm-hmm. I do want to just throw out a couple quick thoughts on it and then move on to the drop. Um,
1: Wait, my, my first quick thought. Uh, Andre 3000. Man. <laughs> that was my first oh, one too. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. So Andre has this song on the album called Solo Reprise. And boy, oh, man. <laughs> he has the best verse of 2016 by a fucking mile on this is album. Is it
0: 2016
1: or is it like ever? I don't, um, I don't know about ever. I mean, I don't know. I don't have every rap verse ever on top of my head but god damn like he just says so much so quickly the the song's like what a minute 10 long hold on i'll find out exactly how long i think
0: it's a minute minute nine
1: yeah okay so yeah a minute uh minute 19 actually um and oh i don't even know how to like how do you react to that like andre doesn't go on songs anymore the last time andre did a feature it was on 30 hours and it was literally just him going Thirty Hours, (laughs) 30 hours so that's you can't really count that you know what i mean but on this shit man oh fucking man oh uh, amazing just truly amazing and there's a lyric i'm not gonna quote it exactly uh because i don't remember exactly what it is because he's saying quite a lot in this verse um yes but he says something like I was so naive to believe that everybody writes their own shit um, and uh, how he's been, he's been nodding his head to the wrong people because of it. And he's like, well, what have I been doing all this time? Have I just been working away too hard? And I'm like, fuck, he, he just like single-handedly in, 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 in like four lines just took a giant, enormous dump on like the entire hip hop and R and B industry right now. And, it and it, and leave it to Andre 3000 to just do
0: a feature like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have his own song on the album. Yeah. Um, well, my favorite line in that, it is, should have been called thing. Andre's track, by the way, <laughs> that would have been a better title for, for that. Yeah. Um, I completely forgot. Frank just showed up on Kanye's album and did his little, yeah. Thing. um, yeah. I like the line where he says, like, you know, I'm solo. I feel like sitting in astonishment, um, like a kid in punishment watching all the other kids uh, yeah. like i don't know but another thing about summer is ending pretty much yeah. um just it just it just keeps coming up and i really want to know more about that um it just seems like there's Frank... more music i think
1: solo reprise is like referencing something else that we haven't heard i mean that's just me being skeptical but like i don't know do you ever do you get that vibe from this album at all like like there were series of songs that were like made
0: in the same period of time but we're not hearing all of them you know i don't uh, i don't dude I, I think this is i mean i'm sure there are other songs made but i don't i think that this is is what he has you know what i mean like he has been more I on think it that the, four years. he has had I think qu- the b, quite some time the, to select the right songs <laughs> right the, the b sides are endless in my yeah. opinion i think he he took the he yeah, took the cuts right and put them on endless and that was that uh, similar to um, kendrick doing untitled unmastered yeah Uh, only different only difference is you know frank's b cuts aren't better than the actual album that's the only difference between that (laughs) and you and Um, you and i are always going to disagree on that but but i see what you're saying (laughs) um with that man like i said i the only song i'm really not feeling is um siegfried i could do without oh i uh, love siegfried pretty sweet i could do without and good guy i could do without um, Godspeed like is just beautiful and God, white Godspeed, Ferrari is amazing the
1: first time I heard Godspeed actually I, I like got a little choked up that song's beautiful that's, it really that's, is. when he says "Um, there are mountains you won't move but I'll still be here like yes God, man I just have to believe he's talking to someone you know it's gotta, gotta be I mean
0: it doesn't come from nowhere especially this guy I mean this is the most emotionally transparent and the most emotionally mature album I've ever heard yep for sure
1: it, he's, he's putting a lot on the table
0: and he's like yes. very unapologetic about that. He is, um, with that, man, let's go ahead and take it to the drop. I'm really excited for this one. Um, oh, I don't yeah. know if you've been keeping up with the podcast and even moving. I've kind of fucked up the drop the last two weeks. I've been, um, <laughs> I haven't p- been putting numbers next to my shit and it's just caused all kinds of issues. So I did today. I will be honest. My top five is a top six. Um, but let's, let's just run it. So we're yeah. doing today our top five Frank Ocean songs. Um, I'm gonna let you kick it off unless you want me to go. Um, and we'll do the the normal. We'll go from number five to number one.
1: So it's kind of funny because um, if you hear me typing in the background, it's because I've had this list pretty much immediately ready to go. As soon as you mentioned the drop, I just haven't typed it down. Um, okay. I'm gonna go. It, it's my list. Kind of goes from older to newer. It didn't, okay. Actually, it does exactly go from older to newer. Um, my number five is gonna be the first Frank Ocean song I ever heard, and that is "Songs for Women." off of Nostalgia Ultra. Um dope album. A I, dope uh, song. We'll dope well, yeah. too, But Nostalgia Ultra is a dope album. Well some people call it a mixtape and I think that's wrong. But um It's not a mixtape. It's not a mixtape. It's an album. Uh Songs for Women is just really cool. Um it's 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 younger Frank, you know, talking about how he may or may not sing songs to to get at girls. Um, which is such a young person thing to say, you know what I mean? If you're a if you're a young aspiring R&B artist, like what else are you gonna do on a date than than maybe sing a little bit, you know? Like right. I just I just think that's really cool. It's really um, production's I don't want to say basic, but you know, it's after hearing the blonde, it's hard to call anything <laughs> else not basic. Um, I do love when he gets into he's like like la 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 la. It's oh so yeah dope. yeah, it, the song's a really cool song. It's a good like put it on in my car driving at night kind of song.
0: So. It's cool. I don't really go back to it too much. There's a few I do love Nostalgia Ultra. There's a few songs that you go back to. It's not one of them, but it's a good song.
1: There will be tears um, is kind of tied with Songs
0: for Women, just so you know. I, often that's actually the Ultra. Only song I don't like on Nostalgia oh, Ultra is There Will Be Tears. And that's because I was on the Mr. Hudson one originally and I and I didn't mind that he he did covers of, you know, um Electric Feel and Hotel California. I didn't mind that, but I I just I like Mr. Hudson's version and he well i think it, if i opinion. remember
1: correctly frank helped mr hudson write that i, he, I see i didn't I'm, i did not know that i could be wrong about that it could be the other way around it could be that hudson helped frank write it or frank helped hudson write it. anyways they were they worked together on that song that's why that's why they both have their own versions of it
0: well let me go ahead and hit my number five and that's gonna be forrest gump ah uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that song so I mean, good <laughs> that song is amazing it is man. It's and when he sang it at, at the Grammys, dude, with it you know was what's, heavy. Do you know what's so funny about that performance at the Grammys? Um, he was very clearly
1: nervous to be on that stage. Oh um, yeah. It's it's sort of, I think, I think that was one of his first big crowd, uh, TV performances. Like he'd done, ten, you know, the a couple of late night shows, but I think that was like the first one he did in, in front of a big crowd and millions of people watching and all that stuff. So you you could tell he's really
0: nervous, but he's still. It just nails it right. Um, just just a really good song. I mean, just the the symbolism in it, the metaphor. Um, I think it's the it, first r
1: and b song that I heard where he's singing about a guy, which was right. really interesting. It definitely pushed me to open my mind a little bit about music. Um it is well, that I think bad religion was
0: probably the first
1: funny you mentioned bad religion, um because that is my number four. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so that's a nice little transition accidentally. Um, but if you have more to say about, about Forrest
0: Gump. That, that's pretty much it. It's just I, I love the vibe of it. I like how that ends the album. And the best part is him whistling at the end. I mean, that's just oh, who whistles yeah. at the end of a song. You know what Other I mean? Other than Frank Ocean. <laughs> so awesome. So, um, yeah, so So what's what up with the uh, bad religion?
1: Bad religion. Um, well, if you... If you are not one to dive deep into the meaning of a song, um, that sounded kind of pretentious. Um, (laughs) But bad religion on the surface could be Frank grappling with religion. And I think to some extent it is. uh, Because at the time that uh, that Channel Orange came out, I myself was having my own conflicting feelings about organized religion and and my place in it and my beliefs in the world. And then if I believed in God and all these different things. And so when I heard just this masterful singing and he's talking about, you know, being conflicted about his feelings and um, I got three lives balanced on my head like steak knives. Like that lyric spoke to me very, very deeply at the time. Um, now when I listen to the song, I hear it a little differently. I hear it as Frank encountering the emotion of loving a man, um, which is interesting because there's a line in the song where he says, um, it's a bad religion to be in love with someone that could never love you. And it kind of makes me think that Frank is like well aware that this person that he's with, maybe they're not into men or maybe they're not just into him and he's kind of coping with the idea that it's really toxic for him to be you know into this person and that's
0: why it's a bad religion right that's it's a dope song i mean that was the big one and i think he, he put the letter out or the you know the open note out before he put that song out yeah. and um that, that was and that was bold too as an artist you know as an r&b artist and R&B is a genre that's really about love and generally a man loving a woman or, or vice versa. Yep. Um, for him to come out like that and make such a beautiful song about it was just, I mean, it was it was heavy and it was really big. It was huge for R&B music. It was huge for artists. I mean, it was dope. I mean, it great song. It's not on my list, but it is a great song. Yep. Um, my number four is, is one we've talked about tonight already. It's Pink and White. Uh, oh yeah, nice. Just that idea that somebody has shown you love that you probably never see again, and the fact that it's all downhill—you know, you're not gonna see that again. It's something that I mean, I definitely relate to, especially over the past year, man. And it's like, it just—it it spoke to me. It's such a fun song to listen to and vibe to. The the instrumental kind of imitates the emotion that you're getting. It's a fun, you know, spacey kind of vibe, but with this kind of like downward, disappointing tone. If that makes any sense? With yeah, like the I piano like the, the pianos are very happy, but the the other sounds in the background are not and that's really cool Yeah, so that's my number four If do you do, what do you feel about that song? I know you love it, too
1: It's beautiful. Um,
0: it I don't know. I don't know if I could add much
1: more to what you said <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, hit, hit me with a your number three. I'm gonna go with solo for num for my number three um, and the reason why I love solo as I explained earlier in this podcast is he he very intentionally sets up the first line of that song to kind of be counter counter a counterpoint to you know this mother in the in the skit before it warning frank of or maybe the listener you know however you want to interpret it um of all of the evils in the world that can be found in in drugs and alcohol and and the very first line of the song is him talking about how good of a time he's having and how in love with himself he is while he's tripping on acid. And I just think that's, that's really, it's really beautiful. And also some of the song, some of the lyricism on this, on this song is just, just beautiful. Like when, uh, when, when he said there's a, there's a, there's a bull and a matador dueling in the sky and, um, in hell in hell there's heaven. It's just, it's it's lyrics. It's Frank being a little more abstract than I've heard him be on some other songs. You know what I mean? As mm-hmm. far as the chorus goes, and I really like that. It's 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 something where you're kind of he's kind of painting a picture and not really saying something specifically in the chorus. And I think it's really unique. Um, and obviously, his voice is just beautiful. You know, he hits some some uh, some falsettos
0: on that that are just uh, oof, that are <laughs> just simply <laughs> simply amazing. Just very gorgeous. He just, and I like the theme of that where, you know, the first verse is like, hey, I met this girl at a party. We're vibing. Let's do it. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, uh, maybe it was just a party thing. Maybe we're not supposed to be. Yeah, maybe you know, we should be better solo. Exactly. And I like that vibe. So my number three is when we talked about Skyline 2. Um, mm, nice. Dope song. I, lo- I love the transition from from hip-hop to R&B as far as his vocals and lyrics. Um, the production is really interesting. And again, <laughs> it has my favorite line on the album. Um, and that, that song is really... it's. Talking about driving, fucking in the car, waking up to a beautiful morning and then like having to kind of end it there and the summer's almost over. Love it. Yep, that's my that's my number three. So I and I'm going to be honest, I did cheat. I do have a tie for my number one. So feel free to throw a tie in there. But (laughs) um, Um, go ahead. and Hit me with number two. Number two first.
1: Number two. I'm going to go with. uh, This is actually really tough for me. Um, I I had I had a really tough time picking a number two. Um, and I think I'm, I think I'm going to go with, uh, with nights, uh, nights. So we didn't talk about that off of blonde, um, nights, uh, wow. Uh, first of all, really, really cool vibe that the first half of the song, or I should say the first two thirds of the song has, um, you know, it's a really cool kind of simple melodic guitar in the background. Um, some really nice drums that sound good on like car speakers you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. and it's him uh singing the whole time and then kind of kind of out of nowhere the rhythm and beat totally switches into like this really uh really low key kind of quiet uh like hip-hop beat and his his he modulates his voice a little bit to be just a little bit higher pitched, but he's also kind of speaking a little softly. And um and he's like, every night fucks a day up and every day patches the night up and it's just yes. like this really very chill and kind of it's it's almost like the first two thirds the first two thirds of the song are it's 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 in the daytime because it's a little more bright, you know, it's a little bit mm-hmm. more sunny and enjoyable. But the end of the song is kind of like you know at the end of the day when you don't really have much going on and you're kind of just with yourself and you're and you're kind of thinking and everything's quiet and you're kind of just maybe you're in your car just creeping around town with nowhere to go like that's what that's what the last third of the song sounds like and it's and it's just
0: really well executed and god damn it's such it a is. good song <laughs> <laughs> i uh, before we did the podcast i tweeted that line out that uh, every night fucks every day up every day patches a night up like i tweeted it. it's
1: so good that's such a, cl- that's I, a i tweeted that as well actually um, oh shit! I tweeted that. Go retweet like, each other. Yeah, I, I, I tweeted <laughs> that and I was like, "Yo, anybody that says Frank can't write lyrics is insane, for
0: real." Um, so my number two is is a little bit. Um, I'm actually gonna go a little back, um, a little further back to Dust off of Nostalgia Ultra.
1: Ooh. Oh, because man, to me, that should have been on my list.
0: Dust sets the groundwork for this entire album in the sense that I feel like the the emotions I get from Dust are the same emotions I get from listening to this album. Um, you huh. know that album is looking back. He's talking about, you know, who's, who's looking to my past essentially. And he's talking about all, everything that you've done being a part of the past. You know, it's, it's being put in these books that go into a library and that as those memories get older, so do we, and as they fade, so do we. And it's just, it's a really beautiful track. That's really kind Um, of,
1: that's an interesting interpretation. That's, that's really cool. So it's like someone going through his library and, and getting to know him and like, seeing his memories and then becoming a part of it
0: right exactly and then it's in sooner or later that fading it's just i that song just it, it talks to me on so many levels that that's um,
1: really i'm gonna the next time i hear that i'm gonna hear it in a different way because of that that's a really cool interpretation
0: it's it's a dope song um so that that's my number two so go ahead and hit me with uh, number one
1: okay so my number one frank ocean song uh is off of blonde uh and it is called self-control because uh because wow (laughs) because self-control is an absolutely beautiful song i i'm really i don't on this on this podcast episode i don't know if i'm doing a good enough job to describe why these songs are so good because i'm so taken back by all of them that it's just so difficult for me to itemize and pick apart why something is good and why something is bad and self-control it's just beautiful it's just such a good song it oh man <laughs> it maybe so... you could do a better job at uh
0: <laughs> well i will because as a tie for my number one self-control is my tie um for number one it is so good mike you still with me yeah my bad dude You got really silent so i'm gonna start this over <laughs> sorry oh, dude. you got so yeah, quiet yeah. for a second i thought i lost you this, this no you're good, up you're good. I'm, st-
1: I'm still here I'm, I'm just listening.
0: so anyway a tie for number one for me is self-control and it's it's one of those things where too I can't really put it into words because it's I guess the whole album I keep hearing it as a whole but that song does have this very like low key it's this this instrumental this um this acoustic guitar and he's just going through and pretty much saying this girl made him lose his self control and she yep. looks at him like he's kind of crazy now you and look at me like a UFO
1: and it's kind of like a laid back well maybe not laid back but it's kind of a
0: laid back it's a sing
1: it's a it's it's a very melodic guitar rhythm in the background almost like a john mayerish guitar rhythm as a matter of fact i would be pretty surprised if john mayer didn't record that guitar like actually um frank and john mayer have worked like a lot together um they're actually apparently pretty good friends um right but uh and 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 what really sets self-control apart for me is the uh ending which is just this beautiful uh layered audio of frank singing like uh he's saying i uh i know you gotta leave and yes and oh man (laughs) it's so beautiful it like you know it's so funny the first time i heard that i was like driving home and i just like turned around a corner and like i could see like this beautiful it was right at sunset i wasn't looking at the sunset but like all the clouds had taken on like an orange kind of hue, and the sky was almost purple. And it was just this beautiful... I actually snapped it. Um, and as I turned around the corner and I saw this really beautiful skylight, uh, the skyline, um, f- that layered audio of Frank singing came on. And it was just like this angelic, like, really perfect moment. And that's just... That'll live with me. Every time I hear this song, I'm going to think about that. and And it's just it's just it's just amazing
0: <laughs> yeah it, it is like i said it was just listening to it man I, I have a weird thing i need to listen to this album outside like i've just been kind of sitting outside at night just listening like Black looking at the, the sky and it's been it's been amazing and, and that is um my other tie for number one is the second half of pyramids and oh yeah i don't think definitely. I, I don't definitely. think i could say anything else about it it's just that's just his song that's one of the the dopest sounding songs. That's the best production on that album. The bass hits hard. You get these dope synths. Great song. Um, And then one I I left off was um, white off, not off, not the instrumental off of channel orange, but white on the odd feature
1: tape. Uh, I know exactly Um, which one you're talking about. Um, I actually, that was, if, if this is a top five list and, and I left, uh, uh, there will be tears off as a number six, white would be a number seven.
0: Yeah, White is just, it, it's a dope, dope. It's beautiful. It's too short, so, in uh, my opinion.
1: I wish it was longer.
0: It is, but that's I think that's Frank, too, to an extent, where, like, those uh, moments are short. He, has a, lot of, he has a lot of longer. short
1: songs. Like, uh, hold on. What was it, one song? There's a song on here that's really short. Uh, Close to You on yeah. Blonde. Really good song, and it's only, like, a minute and a half long, and I would really wish there was more there.
0: I really enjoy the uh, the interlude Facebook story.
1: Oh, yeah. That was really cool. Um, You know... That person, the French person uh-huh. that's talking, I'm pretty sure is a, is a producer and composer that Frank's worth with called, uh, oh man, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of his name. It's a French name. It's, it's like a Chosol or Chosol. I honest, man, oh shit, I hope he never hears this because I probably did not do his name justice <laughs> at all just then. Um, but anyways, that's a composer that Frank started working with for his most recent work. Um, does a lot of the strings and overall, uh, engineering on some of the songs. Um, really, really beautiful. And, and I think that's him cause he has like, you know, he's French. So he has like that really heavy accent when he speaks in English. So I think that's who that is. I could be totally wrong though,
0: but it's dope. Um, yeah, man, like I said, those, I mean, I, I kind of fucked my top five up by adding more, but I mean, number one, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I said, it, it's, it, it's hard and, to- it, and I felt yeah, I felt like I had self control as number one because of recency bias to an extent. Even though that is a beautiful, just amazing track, so I, and, and Pyramids is just so good. But like, I think if if I had to absolutely choose, self control would be the absolute best. I think um, so. Too. And I think it's funny it's, that that's that's both of our number one because it, it's cause. kind of
1: it, to me, self control is everything that is good about Frank Ocean in a, in a song. You know, it's, it is. It's his amazing vocals. It's the chilled out summertime vibe it is the absolutely stellar overall production because frank really knows how to surround himself with the right people you know when it comes to making music and and just it leaves you feeling something and that's something that is hard to accomplish well, I don't want to say it's hard to accomplish. It's just it's not done very often in today's music production. And so when I hear a song that really just makes me feel and respond and react, you know, it's, it's special. And, that, and Self Control is definitely my favorite Frank Ocean song to date.
0: Easily. Well, I think overall, man, I'm giving this album a 10 out of 10. What are you giving it?
1: <laughs> it's, it's hard for me to call something a 10 out of 10. You know, because objectively speaking, if you if you call something a 10 out of 10, it's like saying that it is literal perfection and I skip no parts of it. And there are, you know, there's like two songs on this album that, you know, I'll listen to a couple times, but I'm like, hey, you know, I could skip over. I, I would give I would give this a very strong nine, like a nine and a half out of 10. I can't objectively I can't if I'm being true to myself, I can't call it perfect, but it's the
0: closest thing I have heard to To a perfect album, let me put it to you that I'll way. say it because there's a couple songs I skip to, and you're right. It's it's not necessarily perfect in that sense, but it's it's perfect in the sense that I, I do think it may be the best thing I've ever heard. It's a, it's it is exactly
1: the f- what he needed to make. It's it, the it, best first listen
0: I've ever heard. Yeah, of anything. Like, now it's so a year funny. from now something may change, but I don't know. Go ahead.
1: Well, I'm sure that my feelings towards you know certain songs might change over time and things like that. But it's it's funny because like. It's hard to expect an artist to make something. You know, it's hard to, to know what's coming, you know, when an artist is crafting work. And I think it's kinda of boring when you know what to expect from some art from an artist, you know? And so right. when when I hear albums like this, when an artist really just changes their perspective On Music and challenges their fan base to come along with them as the artist evolves I think that's something really special and I think it's 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 beautiful to watch it happen I don't always agree with the directions that artists take when it comes to changing themselves and evolving and and trying to move Themselves in a different direction, but I think it's really respectable and commendable because you're taking a lot of risks and that's something that Frank did in a huge way on this album and it's something that's important to know because you know, it's been a long time since he's really released anything. It's It's been four years. You know, that's a long time in the music industry. And he he could have risked never being respected again. If he took all this right. time and crafted a bad album, you know, everybody's going to laugh at him. You know, they're going to... He's never going to... I shouldn't say never, but, you know, it's it would make life really hard for him. His record sales would be bad and blah, blah, blah. So right. for him to simultaneously fundamentally change his sound and evolve himself all while keeping what's really special about him as an artist and unique about him as an artist and, and it's still beautiful and it's still wonderful. That's 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 amazing, man. That's that's truly an accomplishment in art and it's hard to do. And it, very, very few artists have done this successfully over time. I think Kanye's one of them who has consistently re-evolved himself time and time again and it's just great every time. I think Frank's done that here too, but he's done it It in such a way that's going to be really hard to follow up. And I kind of hope he doesn't. I kind of hope he goes on making music, you know, and, and, and is, and makes music, but I don't ever want him to try to top this. I don't think he should. It's, it's, it's exactly perfect as it is.
0: It really is. And the difference between he and Kanye though, is is most people generally as far everything since dark fantasy has been questionably received, even including watch the throne. Yep. And this this album has had I mean pretty much universal acclaim. Um, that's, that's that is it, something really special is when you can do that and still have everybody love it immediately. Exactly. <laughs> so I said at the very beginning I said you know, he he had to the way he rolled this album out and how he did it it had to be great or he was done. Yep. And it was it was great and yep, especially after the July 2015 incident. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it needed to be something special. <laughs> it did, man. It was I worth the, the wait. It was definitely worth it. I think July 2016 was even worse oh but man it, it, well we we could we could get
1: into that as a whole other thing but it needed to be special it was special it was
0: immediately special and that's that's hard to do right away he, he, he hit it he hit out of it. the park Shit. well mike man i think like i said this is what we've been podcasting for man this is what we've been getting ready for um it's and gonna, it's here it's, like it's I, gonna it's gonna I be wanna... hard to have a, a an episode that i'm more in, invested in than this one <laughs> it is i'm i mean we'll definitely have more man some more road shows with you. Um, I'm excited to keep listening to this album. I'm excited. You know, I, I said uh I was, I was talking to somebody. We were listening to it earlier tonight, and I said I I refuse to listen to this album with the girl because I will fall. I'll have to fall in love. I will have no option <laughs> but just to fall in love with her after if we listen to it together. So I have to like pick and choose who I listen to this shit with. That's funny. so. I also could use that as a tool if like I think I found like the one. I might have just it throw be like online. a litmus <laughs> test. You're like hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this. I'm gonna burn you a CD. I need you to listen to it, and I need you to give me your impressions on it. Nah, fuck that. I'm just gonna like if we're if she's with me, and I, I think she's the one. I'm just gonna throw it on, so like she'll have no choice but to fall in love with me. That's like the backup plan.
1: <laughs> let us just let Frank do the, do the <laughs> let Frank do the proposal
0: rather than you. You know what I mean? Like that. That's the plan. Yeah, that's but, um, that's 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 it right there. Shit, man. Well, Mike, I, I think we can. Uh, I think we can call it here, man. So. um... Like I said, enjoy your time in Orlando. I'm gonna be down there for a Magic game in November, so we'll uh, we'll get together for sure. I know. I hope you'll come into the uh, the new 938 Studios here in the next uh, few weeks. If you can. I'm gonna be down for sure. 9308, the podcast.